yes, money is a is a big motivator, obviously, but finding that meaning as to why you're doing what you're doing and what your end goal should be that that's something that you definitely have to think about. And welcome to Working for the Weekend, a podcast about the everyday hustle to one day, hopefully, enjoy a weekend. I'm Al Mustafa, and every episode, I'm joined by a group of my MBA classmates to discuss the delicate balancing act that a part-time MBA entails. Once again, it's Friday night, and we're sitting down between classes during our dinner break to spend some time to share our insights with you, our listener. Tonight marks the final recording for this season, and our panelists, some of whom are returning guests on the podcast, and I will be discussing motivation. How do we stay motivated while we partake in this challenging experience? So, Kate, as a first-year Weekend MBA student, would you characterize your experience so far as a walk in the park? Um, I would say that the first semester was kind of a rough wake-up call to how I had to operate when I was an undergrad. So trying to figure out how I take my what was my previous free time and then somehow find time to start doing all the homework and the teamwork that was incorporated into my classes. So it was rough first semester transition, but I think for semester two, I've got it down to where I'm not constantly stressed. I feel like I can handle things. Um, and I realized that I've got a really good team of people here at Ross that are all here to help me. So a lot better second semester around. Still not a walk in the park, though? No, no, no. <laughs> no. This, this week, uh, you can definitely feel it. So, like, there's weeks of really intense school, really intense work. And obviously, like, you, have, you still have social things that you're trying to fit in. So this week, uh, work was priority. And other things may have felt it, but everything still got done. So still rough but learning to manage it well. Very she, good. Bring, she brings up an interesting point. I don't know if we're supposed to like interject like no, this ahead, at all. Mm-hmm. So you bring up the social aspect. Um, yeah. and I, just curious, how do you stay motivated on that, on the personal side of things, <laughs> understanding that you are obviously delicate or, or trying to balance that yeah. delicate relationship That's- between school and and uh, work. Yeah. There's That's obviously something that we don't talk yeah. about is, is the personal aspect right. of things, right? And staying motivated yeah. for your family, for your friends. Yep. And yeah. So my first semester was really rough because I also had a lot of my closest college friends get married. So for me, not going to their weddings was like not it's non negotiable. Um, so you skipped some weddings? No, I went. I went to weddings. Okay. So what I what I had to do though was I I front loaded and back loaded a ton of assignments. So like for weeks on end, I just really didn't have a life. Mm-hmm. Um. But when I was there at those weddings, at those events where I was with those people, I was completely focused. I was only um, there for that event and those people. And if something popped up, I would take it. But the people that I was working with were all very accommodating, and they knew where I was and what I was doing. So it was a struggle, probably why the first semester was so rough. Uh, But I made time for it because it's what mattered to me. Yeah. So before we dive in any further, um, I do want to— let our listeners know that if they want to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. So if you want to get in touch with a question or comment, you can reach us via email at weekendpod at umich.edu. That's weekendpod at umich.edu. Also, if you've been listening to our show and are enjoying it, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Whether it's five stars or a written comment, your reviews really help other people find the show. So leave us a review. 
All right, I know we already jumped in, but let's go right back around the room and actually have you guys introduce yourselves a little formally and kind of go over um, uh, what, where in the MBA program you are, maybe what program, and then uh, a word to describe what motivates you, and then we can carry on. <laughs> so, yeah. The other voice you guys heard was? Yeah, so I, I'm Jeff Wigiehop. I, I work at General Motors. Um, currently, my position is I manage two departments. Uh, one is our, our partnership with General Motors Financial, a uh, wholly owned subsidiary of ours. Uh, um, and uh, so, so yeah, the, the manager of GMF Financial uh, liaison. And then the other portion of my job is incentive optimization. So that's sort of where my background is, at least at General Motors. So working with incentives, so promotional pricing, et cetera. Um, so working to uh, sort of optimize that budget, and uh, and so those are the, my two departments. Um, currently in my second year of the weekend MBA, and if I had to boil it down, this is a loaded question, Mawa, but if I had to boil down uh, what motivates me into one word, mm-hmm. and it may sound shallow, so I'm sorry, but Go it's ahead. money. And I think I'll, probably a lot of MBAers could probably relate to that, but for me it's, it's financials that, that really motivates me. John Branch would be proud because, as he says, yeah. if it's anything but money, the School of Social Work is across the street. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I am Kate Hippensteel. I'm a first-year MBA student, or weekend MBA student. Uh, my background is mechanical engineering from Purdue University, so boiler up. And the job that I currently have, I'm a quality engineer at FCA in our leadership development program. So I rotate every four months. So when I get new classes, I get a new job. When I have finals, I'm wrapping up on all my projects. So uh, stress seems to relate in both areas, work and school. Uh, For motivation, I, I try to keep myself focused on a very short amount of time so I don't get too overwhelmed. Um, I organize my schedule so that I know what's coming up in the next two weeks school-wise and work-wise, and I try to give myself deadlines for those things. Um, and big-picture things that keep me motivated, um, I'm, I'm engaged in getting married next October. Oh, so congratulations. Wedding, wedding stuff is fun, <laughs> distraction from school. Um, and on top of that, going on a honeymoon-slash-graduation trip to Italy is a really big motivator. Nice. So that, in, in addition, money is also a motivator. Um, but the, the social aspect of it, if, if I got to get through school and work uh, nonstop, knowing that there's a group of people that I'm going to be seeing in like a week, uh, for, even for just a few hours, is really nice to, to keep me motivated to keep going. Uh, my name is Shrikan Mandapaka. I'm a current uh, part-time MBA student, second year as well. I um, study with Jeff and... I also work at General Motors. I'm an engineer um, for the Chevrolet Bolt. So if I don't get my uh, bonus this year, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> <laughs> and that was to Jeff. <laughs> yeah. um, so some of the things that motivate me, I guess, uh, I, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a question that I struggle with um, on a weekly basis or maybe on a monthly basis. It's hard to find motivation on um, as opposed to like not... Uh, contradicting anything, but just money. Because after a while, I mean, you you have money, but what are you going to do? For me, it's more about uh, trying to find that find meaning. Um, the fact that I moved here from India, I live away from my family. It's kind of hard to justify why uh, I, I struggle with why I'm even doing this. Why um, staying away from uh, family for so uh, family, and then trying to work my way into the corporate life. Yes, money is a is a big motivator, obviously, but finding that meaning as to 
why you're doing what you're doing and what your end goal should be that that's something that you definitely have to think about mm. fair enough sorry just finished a mouthful of okay. food here um so folks know me right so mal mustafa second year mba student wmba student weekend mba student um and i'm working in the cybersecurity space space in um a healthcare company now what motivates me if i have to boil it down into one word uh, is probably passion currently i think it's passion uh that's fueling my fire and kind of you know uh, shrikant some of the things you talked about about you know finding really underlying on the money piece of it like what really motivates you and kind of inspires you uh a lot of it i think is attributed because i have clarity now uh and you know we all have bouts of clarity you know throughout our lives but i've intentionally sought out these uh opportunities that ross offers us for instance there's this design your life series um which you guys probably sent an email about that they were taking at least you know five of the weekend mba students and they offered it to for you know first years as well as second years and during that class um <clears throat> which meant for met for uh six con- consecutive weeks it's a course that's designed by uh you know professors i believe at stanford and it really worked there and they brought it here and so throughout that course you're learning to kind of get in tune with what really makes you tick like what is your world view what's your life view starting with those building blocks and then talking about what your aspirations are so you can kind of figure out how they relate or interrelate and then for myself my biggest dilemma was you know being in corporate america versus these entrepreneurship ideas that I have and kind of how do I meld the two and how do I continue and and go forth and then how does the MBA fit into all that right like what do I really want to get out of the MBA so with that clarity the other thing is okay once you take advantage of these opportunities other opportunities present themselves and so during the, the course of the design your um life series Shanaz Brozek is our uh coaching and influencing professor and lecture she's a lecturer here and she was actually one of the peer instructors at the during the design your life course and she offered a search inside yourself so these are like high really over the top you know names for these courses but this was a two day workshop that google put together and that they offer for their employees to really you know tap into the emotional intelligence that we all have inside plus the meditation piece. So we had our first class on coaching and influencing, which hopefully in your second year Kate you'll also mm-hmm. um enjoy. But during that, you know how we do the meditation that she all she she made us all partake in. That was essentially the training. It was you know every half an hour some sort of meditation, some sort of mindfulness about everything. So I think because of that, I'm feeling a little bit more connected and a bit more passionate about where I want to go. So, with that, that was really long. Yes, sure. I think you brought up a very good point of how trying to find motivation and also having a clear head is extremely um interconnected. If you're going to be stressed all the time, if you're going to be if you're going to have like a thousand things in your head and you're going you're always jumping around from here to there, you're not going to be able to find that motivation and you're not going to be able to enjoy what you're doing. Whereas if you One of the best things I've found in the last couple of months is the meditation part. It's not even like medit- it's not even like the conventional sense of meditating. It's just sitting down and doing nothing and just concentrating on breathing for a while. And that gives you a little bit of calmness and it lets you 
have a more um, focused mind, and that helps weed out some of the stuff that you do pay, you think you pay attention to that you think is required, but it's not required for your internal happiness. So that's something that's helped me in in, in the last couple of months. I wish it was something that we had that we could have taken advantage of. If you remember, Jeff, our Innovation Jam, because I know you were in our mm-hmm. big team. So the Innovation Jam has turned into the Design Plus Business or Impact, Design yeah. Impact. Yep. Uh, and you remember the long hours that we were here on campus, the first time we ever met, and suddenly you have to channel your inner, for you, is your inner yellow. Mm-hmm. I was channeling my inner blue, mm-hmm. clear opposites, mm-hmm. and uh, having to deal with you know the draining energy by the end of the day and staying focused. So how, how did you stay focused then? And given everything you've learned since the, you know being in the MBA, what would you do differently if we were facing something like that again? That's a very interesting question um, because, yeah, <clears throat> what the Innovation Jam did a good job of was putting us in a situation in which we were uncomfortable. Very. Right? And so then it, when you're uncomfortable, and maybe this kind of gets to your point as well about mindfulness and, and like, kind of clearing the clutter, when you're uncomfortable, it's very difficult to become motivated, right? And these are times, even at work or, or in school now, right, it's it's always the subject of which you know the least and you're the least uncomfortable, which you should be the most motivated about, is where you're, like, the least motivated about. So it was an interesting way to start off the program because you're kind of put into a situation with a bunch of people you don't know. you got a lot of different personalities. Obviously, yeah. the one thing in MBAs all have in common is we all – know it all in a sense, you know what I mean? So um, frankly, but it's, um, if I were to go back and do anything differently, I think um, one of the the things that I uh, did during the Innovation Jam was try to absorb more of what everyone else was thinking and less interjection. And I do a lot of interjection in my, in my like daily routine or at work and stuff. Sometimes I, I can be described as outspoken. Um, but Maybe it would have lent a little bit better had I just been myself, right? Just tapped into what you what like naturally motivates you, and and those are sometimes the you know again to kind of circle back. Those are the types of things that make us, you know, successful in the first place, or or or, or how when we're at our best, and, and you know. So it was an interesting situation because it totally was uncomfortable, right? Yeah, totally, totally. What about how was that experience for you? Like, I know they changed a bit of it, so you guys weren't in, in as big of teams. No, yes, our teams were much smaller. <laughs> so I think I had like five or six people, which is not like what our teams are like in our classes normally. Um, but it was still so I, I can imagine that the, a large team would be very hard for to find like one person that maybe maybe would take lead and actually like say, okay, we need to just at this point we need to choose something and we need to keep going. Um, Having a smaller team, it was nice to be able to connect with those people more. So we knew, okay, so this this is their background on the, what is it, the ML, MML, Michigan Leadership Model, MLM. Oh, MLM, yeah. Um, this, is, this is what they can provide to us. This is their background. Um, knowing what their knowledge source was and what they could provide helped out a lot. Um, that doesn't mean that it was still not difficult to come to an end conclusion for the assignment. Um, so... I think it's 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 a good to have that kind of practice though because at work you you have one team that you work with most of the time you get to learn them um, over a very long period of time and in the impact business challenge you are set down with them and you get like a, a number of hours to figure out how they work how best the team can work and how best you can come to a solution so 
being forced to do something in a very short amount of time um, helps you figure out, okay, how am I going to provide myself as a tool to the team and how can I use these people so that we can come to a conclusion? Um, and I, I like that the Ross program in general makes you do that over and over and over again, and it helps, it helps at work, especially having that, that skill, knowing how you can provide help for, to all these different teams through all these different cycles that you're in. Yeah, the, the class that we're in right now, the negotiations class, I mean, it's amazing in that I'm benchmarking myself right where I know I'm at, which is I'm horrible at it. I'm, I'm clearly not good at anchoring. I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, all of these terms that we're learning in the class. But I think after this class, if I were to be able, I mean, once we complete it, because it just started for us, once we complete it, I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to go out there and be a bit more confident when I put out a number or whatever it is that we're negotiating on. I think I'm a great negotiator when it comes to personal things, but when it comes to the business world side of things and and I'm negotiating with somebody straight across the table for me, it's really hard. And a lot of our peers can attest to that in our MBA program because I think whether it was RH writers, you know, the game that we played there or, you know, any of the other ones that we've done in any of our classes, I've always come out as, like, the worst <laughs> outcome possible with our negotiations. But So have you ever felt like, you know, sort of caving in when you're super overwhelmed with, you know, just all of these different asks, whether it's personal or work-related or school-related? Yeah, I was actually going to ask. Um, so you, the point of mindfulness that you made, and it kind of ties into your question, um, with the mindfulness that you both have been finding in the last couple months or weeks, however long it has been, have you found a point where you, you sat down, you cleared your mind, and you realized what I'm doing is just not where I want to go? And how, how did you react to that? You just recalibrate. So when, when, you say, when you say you're not, you realize that you're not going, uh, you're, you're not going where you want to go, for, yeah, yeah. So, like, my background's engineering. I okay. get to business school, and I realize I love this. It's like, how how can I take my background and still use it, and take what I'm learning here in business school and modify my career path that I was intending right. to take? Yeah. So it's so in my opinion, it's not it's not it, that's a big shift. But what I'm what I was talking about is to have clearer short term goals. That's a long term goal, and that'll come over time. So it'll have to be in incremental steps. And if you keep at it, you you realize that your thinking. So when I go into meetings now, uh, my thinking is more about the business and strategic sense rather than the engineering aspect. I do have engineers that do the engineering for me, but then I earlier earlier was the same as well. But I would lead those engineering discussions. I don't do that anymore, and it's it's just a shift in the mindset. So. You're going to start seeing things differently if you, in my opinion, if you want to change into a business-minded person, you have to start acting like one from now itself. I mean, you throw this cliched name, cliched uh, sentence all the time, fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. And that is always true. But you got to believe in the fact that you're faking it too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually you, you will get there. There is... In my in my mind, there is no other alternative. If you keep at it, you're going to get there. There is, there's no doubt about that. 
And we just have to get out of our own way because sometimes with things like imposter right. syndrome and yeah. other stuff, we <clears throat> sometimes get into our own heads and prevent us from getting there. But even if it is a long-term goal, the other thing of design your life, and I highly recommend you take it if it's offered again, is to really piecemeal all of it, figure out what you could be doing now, and then also figure out what your career goals are, right? Like, well, where do you want to end up? And now think of an alternative. Think of another alternative. So that way you're giving yourself options. And then figure out what works best for you. And then look for individuals who might already be in those roles or research into the types of areas if it's groundbreaking that you're planning to go into. And then that way it'll help you understand whether or not that's what you want to do. And you, hopefully you find somebody where you can actually get that feedback. Okay. Yeah. That's very helpful. But back to your, back to your original question. Yeah. So you were asking about burnout, essentially. Yes, essentially, yes. Um, at least for me, what I have to I just have to completely mentally like shut off. If I, if I don't do it, it ends up affecting how I communicate with people, how I perform at work. Um, so what I end up doing most times is I just take my dog on a really long walk um, to where I, I physically can kind of feel it, and I know that I mentally am cleared because I'm really not focused on anything except my dog. Um, so I, I don't know how you guys deal with it, for, but for me, I have to just completely mentally shut down and restart myself, almost the mindfulness thing yeah. that you guys were talking about earlier. I've taken walks at like ten thirty in the mo- in, in the night. Yeah. Like I and I don't even have a dog, so I just <laughs> I just get out and walk for fifteen yeah. minutes, and it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. I find that adding a little bit of structure to my week is very beneficial to that. So I and and I've typically never been the type to have like a like a rigid structure, but uh, since being in the program and trying to juggle all these priorities, what I find is. Sunday, I've really just kind of left it to be, like, decompress. You know what I mean? So I, I'm a big fan of, like, the NFL, so I get to watch my Lions lose, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but, no, then I just kind of that's, – that's it. And I try not to touch Sundays. You know, I, don't, I try not to touch it with school. I try not to touch it with work. I try to just – it helps keep me sane. And that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons, you know, <laughs> I feel like I can make it through. <laughs> so, Jeff, uh, as somebody who actually has a partner in the program, yeah. so how, how is that dynamic? And do, are you guys helping keep each other motivated? What, what's that like? Um, yeah, actually, I find that, you know, with Lisa being in the program, it helps me stay motivated because, I mean, this is going to sound cliche, but, you know, I, I think as business people or as MBAers, we're very competitive. And so having somebody that close to you, like when she's studying, I see her study, I'm like, oh, you're studying? All right, I guess I'm going to study too. And you know what I mean? So it's like uh, we kind of push each other in that regard because it's, uh, you know, who's going to get the better grade type of thing. So it, it helps having that healthy competition within the household. Um, it does add an element, though, being different teams and different schedules. So it's already difficult enough if you're on a team of five, right, for example. Um, we all kind of work different. Uh, I'll, I'll, right now, uh, I, you know, I have on my team Garrett. He's traveling a lot, so his schedule is, is, isn't is as regular as, as other folks. I mean, I've got a lot of my own responsibilities. I, I try to I, – uh, I, I say I segregate only Sundays, but I try to play basketball every Wednesdays with my friends. So it's like if we want to have a call, I try to avoid Wednesdays. And so you start to build in all these schedules, and it's like uh, when do you fit in the, the, the group work activity? It, it becomes difficult. And with that's difficult enough as your own. And then when you have, you know, if it, for bringing Lisa in the conversation, she's got five other people. So now it's ten people. And then we're trying to find time for one another. And that becomes difficult at times. I, I often joke that I, I, I feel like I'll, I'll get to know my wife after the NBA is over. You know what I mean? So 
Um, second honeymoon, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, we're already talking about it. It might be Italy. So, right. Yeah, yeah. We're trying, we're trying <laughs> to figure drinking. out what we're going to do. We just got to go somewhere and, and get to know each other again. <laughs> totally agree. My husband and I, we have that same conversation. And it was really nice because that break between the first year and second year, we totally took advantage of it, went on a Disney cruise with the kids. And, wow, it was, yeah, amazing to... Again, it reignite that passion of, like, why am I doing this? Why am I wasting all my time? Well, not really wasting, but, like, giving up so much of my time that could be spent other, you know, in other yeah. things related to investing that. Investing your time. Yes, investing my time. There we go. Let's use some business lingo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, that's it. That's, you're in an interesting situation because husband, children, mm-hmm. work, Mm-hmm. Potentially starting a company. Oh you know, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Do you find that motivation across all of them are is different, or is it the same thing? Is there is there one peak kind of motivator? Yeah. So with the search inside yourself, I'm like touting these. I should probably get a commission, but um, and Google, if you're listening, it's an amazing program. Uh, the search inside yourself uh, workshop really keys in on that like it's like really what makes you tick and how are all of the other things that are in your life going that are going on how do they help you in achieving whatever it is you're trying to achieve so one of the things the meditation um and i believe it's the one that we practice in class is the moment of arrival so basically we've got so many things going on but to take that moment to just breathe to bring collect your thoughts and then be present in the moment. So basically, I'm not worried about my kids. I'm not worried about the business right now, and I'm not worried about anything else. We've got class. It's on negotiations. What did I read about negotiations? Let me bring my best negotiation person forward. So that sort of thing. Um, But then it's also taught me a lot, you know, in those other aspects of my life. Like there's the mindfully listen. I know we did that exercise in class as well where you have somebody just speak and then after that you reflect back what you listen or what you actually heard and that forces you to actively listen. And so I've got to tell you with my kids, I've been allocating in the beginning it was, hey, no time limit, but now I'm like, okay, guys, you have five minutes each person and it will be one-on-one time where I'm actually listening to you talk about your day. It's only five minutes, right? And then right after that, when I repeat it back, I've got to tell you, my five-year-old was like, oh, my gosh, Mom, I'm so proud of you. You did so good. Like, she was grading me on it. It was a test, yeah. And my my today my son turns 11, actually, and I'm missing out oh, on wow. his birthday. But, yeah, so my oldest, uh, he, you know, those, those five minutes are so precious because – you know, as a middle schooler now, it's he's going through a lot of stuff, and I'm not really there for everything, but for him to kind of summarize the entire day in five minutes, and then for me to repeat it right back to him without judgment, right? It's because there are certain things where, you, as a parent, you want to interject, and it's just listening to it and showing him that I hear you. And then afterwards, if there are things we talk about, we talk about it. But this way, I feel like I'm actually more involved in their lives, even though it's five minutes. It's like something so drastically different than what I've been doing in the past, so... That's interesting. Yeah. So what are your guys' um, post-MBA goals? Like, what, what, what are you guys hoping to achieve? And maybe even some of, like, the short-term um, milestones you have for yourselves. And, you know, other than, like, the fancy title and the pay, what are you, what are you well, looking forward to? Really good <laughs> I want to make lots of money. That's what I, mean, right? I mean, make lots of money, have a powerful position. I mean, that's, that's at the end of the day. That's but why? Problem. Let's go to the why. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That's a deep question. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I, I can always go back to I've always been a competitive person. I, I try to continue that into my, my adulthood. I, I, you know, I hold on to basketball, even though I'm no good anymore. But it's like the act of 
competing has always been like it for me, right? So it's just always been my thing. I always want to, I find myself, even even if something isn't competitive, I'll try to turn it competitive. And maybe that's just coming from a household of, you know, three boys, you know, it was always a competition over resources. I always joke, my, my mom came home with a box of like some cereal that we liked, like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, obviously the best cereal ever. <laughs> um, it would be like a mad dash and we'd get to, you know, you get to wherever the, the food is located. We And I would say, oh, I got my hands on this. I don't want Justin and Jeremy to have this. I'm going to pour it all into a mixing bowl, and then I'm going to have the biggest bowl of cereal ever. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just because I wanted that cereal. I just didn't want them to have that cereal. So it was always this, like, competition. It was in my household. So it was, like, one of those things that, uh, I don't know, I, I feel like it's just the competitiveness in me. Yeah. That's what, and that fuels me a lot, honestly. Competitiveness mm. just fuels me. I, I, you know, I just I want to win. Yeah. I really do. I want to win. What would you like to buy with your first years of salary? Huh. On my ideal salary, I mean, I'm, I'm a car guy, so I would like to have a lot of different cars. I, you know, I, when I was in high school, me and my dad, we built a 71 Chevelle. I'd like to get back into restoration of vehicles oh, nice. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, you know, it's kind of a gearhead on my offside, you know, off time. So, I, so your I like motivation cars. is basically fueling your interests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which and they might be, Which they I might seem shallow. Like I said, it might seem shallow, you know. But it is what it is. I mean, I'm somewhat materialistic, I guess. I mean, in a sense, I like nice cars. I mean, I like nice things. Oh, no. <laughs> and I like to compete, so I think that those are sort of my. I fuels. don't. I don't think they're shallow at all. I think I mean, when you've got a hobby or an interest, and you're able to pour your passion into it, and if the money is a means to help you, enable right. you in that, I, I, it's not shallow. At no, all. I mean it's no. no. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is, and it's being realistic. But Everybody needs money to enable their passions. Totally. And if you can, the, the secret is to have your passion enable money. So yeah. if you yeah. can do that, then that's the gold mine. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's, that's the key. That's sage, right? Formula to happiness. Yeah. You said that you, you love to win, right? Yeah. How is negotiation going for you? Well, hey, I, don't, I, I lost my first negotiation, but um, I'd like to forget about it. But it's um, it's one of those things. I, you know, it was you no. Know, in all honesty, though, and this kind of goes back to some of the things that we've hit on a little bit in this podcast so far. My boss was trying to get a hold of me, and we're doing this exercise. And obviously, you want to put as much into it as you can. But uh, a certain, I'm I'm paying to be here. He's paying me to live and to be here. So when he calls, it's like one of those things that I got to take care of business, you know. So I, I kind of cut the negotiation a little bit short, and I got, I guess I got, uh, I gave away the farm a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. So what about you, Kate? So goals? Is that where? Yes. Talking about? Yes. Um, so before the MBA started, and I started taking classes, and try, I'm trying to figure out where I might want to take it from there. Uh, since I work at FCA, my goal was to um, take my passion for Jeep and then end up becoming like brand manager. So having having that MBA, I don't want to say that, that it's a checkbox, um, but at that point it becomes a checkbox. So at first it was, I, I need to get this MBA in order for me to do this job that I would like to do. But then I get to the MBA and I realize, oh, these classes are actually things that I really enjoy uh, and this might end up changing where I want to go. So the what is it, find yourself or... Uh, search inside search yourself. Search inside mm-hmm. yourself class um, or series is something that I could probably uh, really take away from because I'm at that point where I, I really like what I'm doing in school and I need to find out how to apply that at work. And right now, 
Um, with the engineering options that I have, I just don't see it as much as I need to. And that obviously I can take that on myself and reach out to people to ask what's available. Um, but understanding what truly, why I truly love these classes so much, like what makes me tick, I think would help to further find that long-term career goal that I'm searching for. Got it. And I think the other series I think that's highly applicable is the whole designer uh, life series. And that's Laura Schramm from the school, the Rackham, so we're talking engineering, they took all graduate students and postdocs, and this is individuals who are trying to really figure out their life. Yeah. And How do you sign up for these classes? So <laughs> we got the email, we got the email, and I immediately emailed and said, hey, I'm really interested in this, actually after I had a conversation with my employer to make sure I could take some time off on Fridays to come in. But, um, yeah, it's keeping an eye out for these and actually following up and forcing myself to sign up so I, I show up, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think those, the, that series is um, it's a really good good way to... What they incorporated in the last class, and we just had the last class this morning, um, is something we did in Human Behavior and Organization with Wayne Baker with the reciprocity ring. And you remember the Give It to Us platform that he and Adam Grant put together where you actually put out a request that you have, which could be, you know, I want to learn how to ski. Or, you know, for me, it was actually, I want to look into creating a podcast for the Weekend MBA. And look at where we're at right now. It was literally Tyler Whalen, you know, through this platform that Wayne Baker, uh, Dr. Wayne Baker gave us, um, where he pointed me to the full-time MBAers who have the podcast Business Beyond Usual and got me in touch with Chris Frankney and uh, Marjay Smiles. And I reached out and... You know, after um, making a case and pitching it out to the program office, it became a reality. So, you know, to go from that to the Design Your Life series, that's something that they incorporated into that as well as that, okay, now ask your question and put it up on this white paper after this entire series is done. And individuals around the room who you would think are so disconnected. I mean, I'm in the school of business. This is somebody in the school of social work and, you know, in engineering. Um, are going around and answering these questions. And mine was related to my business venture because that's kind of what I'm passionate about right now. And how do I find individuals who are um, either caregivers or individuals themselves who are, you know, unable to articulate their needs verbally, right? Whether it's, um, you know, somebody uh, with... Uh, a stroke patient or, you know, mute, autistic or something like that so that I can help them to understand whether or not my business idea would fit their needs. And um, shout out to any listener who's listening and knows somebody in that boat, reach out and let me know. That would be great. Um, but yeah, things like that. It's just amazing. She the just resources. Your business. I totally, <laughs> future business, free, free future. Right? Yeah, I love it. This, uh, this is right exactly, I mean. but like the, the, the Laura Schramm, the individual who's, you know, conducting the entire series, she actually put such a valuable resource on my, as an answer. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I could get somebody who's like at the state level who could potentially give me answers and leads and organizations and stuff. So the reciprocity ring is so amazing. The fact that you can just ask a question of your peers who you think might not have anything to do, you know, offer you back. Wait till you have it, because I think next semester, next semester, yeah. next semester for the weekend MBA ones, but for us, I think it was a valuable, super valuable Think resource. of the good things you want to ask for. Yes. <laughs> what did you ask for? I don't even remember. Sailing or something. No, that wasn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to go on a boat, uh, like a sh- 
boat or a yacht from uh, Florida to the Bahamas. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'll, take, I'll take you on, a, on my pontoon boat that's on a little small pond. I'll, I'll take one. Oh, look yeah, at that. that. Look at I, that. I can help fulfill that. Reciprocity <laughs> ring right in this room. Yeah. That's awesome. No, you've got, you got a lot to look forward to. Wayne Baker's class was, uh, it was an interesting one because, you know, admittedly, I walked into that class and I didn't know what to expect. It was one of those ones where I was like, hmm, this is definitely going to be the soft skills. And, yeah. and one of the things I found, though, in this program, though, is, is honing in on your soft skills is probably one of the best things as a future yeah. leader. So... Um, Wayne, his, his class was, it was very interesting. Um, I had to say some of the concepts from his, his classes, from his class, uh, saved my map project. We were at a point where we were stuck in map and, and we went to, uh, Wayne Baker 101, I'll call it. And that, that got us right out of the trenches. So we owe him a debt of gratitude for that. So it was an interesting class. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to get on a boat, man, I'm right down the road, man. I thought thought he was going to say, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy a big yacht with my (laughs) first (laughs) year He can probably buy you a yacht, you know? (laughs) Yeah, adding on to the Wayne Baker's class, there's this, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's more about, um, it was a game that you play within your team to increase, um, uh, to, to better, like, your team cooperation and stuff, and I employed that in my workplace. So that's something... Uh, like you, you you were talking about how you struggle with applying, as an engineer, you struggle with applying the concepts that you learn here at the workplace. And that is something that you can definitely apply irrespective of where you work and irrespective of your background. And that definitely helped my whole uh, team. And it kind of put me on a better standing with my managers as well, just based on the fact that I had, I being an engineer showed some people skills. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not hard to stay, stand out from the crowd, but yeah, yeah it does help you stand out. So what were your goals, Shrikant? So before I started uh, doing my MBA, my primary goal was to move out of Michigan. Wow. <laughs> don't hate. I don't right? know. That great. I wasn't hating. I mean, I, I moved, Just our winters. I moved from India. I moved here. I moved in 2011. I was just, I just wanted some change. That was, I, I love Michigan. I love, I think Ann Arbor is the, like the best town to live in, in, in the U.S. But I just wanted change. I wanted to experience something. That was one. The other thing was I wanted to be a little bit more involved in strategic decisions rather than engineering decisions. I I, yeah. I did get into engineering uh, thinking that I would work myself way up because I wanted to start at the bottom and then <clears throat> at an actual engineering firm, start in the engineering and then work my way up. But as it turns out, at least at GM, once they see you as an engineer, they, you're pretty much an engineer. So... Your that kind of cast. limited my my growth, and I was like, uh, either I can move out and then look for another company that that fits my goals, or I can get an MBA and then figure out how that helps. And just from the fact that Ross was right here, and it was a every other weekend program, I was like, just jump in. If it, if it's not now, then I'm never going to do it. And it was the right time. I got in, did it. Um, but now I'm starting to see that change in the mindset itself as to how you look at things at the at the workplace and how you deal with stuff. Um, so that is helping me get more into strategic roles. Um, I'm not, as a title wise, I'm not still in in a strategic position. But then I'm I'm slowly getting involved in meetings and I'm getting included in meetings where like these big decisions about how we employ, how we. Uh, do certain kind of things as a company to uh, to meet the needs of the customer, uh, and I'm helping influence that. So, so that's that's something that I'm interested in. Um, 
eventually out, out of business school, I do want to earn a lot of money because I have, have a bunch of debt to... <laughs> Don't yeah. we all? Don't that's we all? fair. I think that's a future program, right? Or, uh. <laughs> yes, a future episode. Actually, yeah. in season, in our next season, we will be tackling the debt. Oh, we got a lot. You should make that a two-hour episode. Yeah. Yeah, Everybody wants to speak. Tell you. Yeah, we can have a line of the don't. Don't be waiting for me to get done. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so earn a lot of money, and then also I want to be. Uh, I want to use my next position to have like a like a. Uh, springboard for the the next thirty years or whatever for how long I would have work and hopefully retire by forty five fifty. Oh, Ooh. oh wow, <laughs> aggressive! I love it. I don't. I'm, I'm not. No, <laughs> Jeff's, Jeff's gonna try and beat you at that. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. like forty. Forty, I, I, I would. You know, I just don't see it. I don't see it where it's gonna happen. Right with all this debt. I mean, <laughs> you never we'll know. Save it for a different program. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, uh, Kate and Jeff, uh, for being panelists on this episode. And thank you, Shurkan, for joining on this episode as a returning guest. I highly recommend that our listeners tune in to the mental health awareness episode, which kind of lines up a little bit with some of the topics we hit on today. Um, and next season, as we alluded to, uh, we have a great lineup of episodes uh, with topics that range from tackling student debt to the immigrant story. And we mustn't forget the update on MAP where we actually speak to first year students uh, who will be living through that exact experience. So to get their um, live take on it, I guess. And then we also start professors on some episodes to provide you with insight on their teaching styles and expertise within and outside of the classroom. So I do hope you are able to join us for it all. Working for the Weekend is brought to you by the University of Michigan Ross School of Business. Executive producers are me, Mawa Mustafa, Suraj Kandakuri, and Bob Needham. Jonah Brockman helped with editing on today's episode. Thanks again to all of our guests, especially the ones that are on this episode, as well as the rest of this entire season. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. So we really do have to get out of this and go to class. So see you all next time on the next season of Working for the Weekend. Are you ready? That's awesome. a wrap. <laughs>